you are listening to the Midnight Movie Snack Podcast with Chris and Garrett. Hello, and welcome to the Midnight Movie Snack Podcast with Chris and Garrett, episode 11, 12th grade night. I'm Chris, and in this episode, Garrett and I go back to 1985 to revisit the gender-bending teen comedy, Just One of the Guys, with Joyce Heiser, Billy Zabka, Clayton Rohner, Sherilyn Finn, and Deborah Goodrich-Royce. Garrett and I had the privilege of interviewing Deborah this week for a special bonus episode, so be sure to check that out. Just One of the Guys takes a lot of its cues from William Shakespeare's Twelfth Night, which was also a gender-bending comedy of sorts. It also set the stage for future movies that were also inspired by classic literature, such as She's the Man with Amanda Bynes, also based on Twelfth Night, Ten Things I Hate About You, which was based on Taming of the Shrew, and Clueless, which was based on Jane Austen's Emma. If you don't own a copy of Just One of the Guys, it is available for rent or purchase online. Whether you download it, stream it, or pop a disc in your DVD player, we invite you to watch the movie with us as you listen to our commentary of Just One of the Guys. it for a commentary but um i hadn't seen it in so long i decided to watch it again earlier uh well actually last week and uh first of all it goes by really fast uh it's it's a what's the word it's a breezy film it goes by quickly um but what i touched on in the interview with deborah it was just such a sense of chemistry between the cast not just the leads but like everybody even the smaller parts the part uh actors and you know deborah mentioned like ari gross and um you know and some of the other folks in the cast like there's just a really strong sense of chemistry amongst all of them you really get a sense that they enjoyed working with each other um i, I think when you know when they when we talked about that they they rehearsed they rehearsed in the space that they filmed but they but not only did they but they rehearsed the movie and then they filmed the movie but you know but you think about you know like john hughes did that with the breakfast club yeah. and think about how and think about how well that worked out for them yeah. um they did that with karate kid which you know columbia's did them by a year before this movie but like but john Avison did the same thing he, he rehearsed the scenes and tried to, and I could tell from the videos that he tried to do it in the same spots mm-hmm. that they were going to film, and it's like, and you could tell that with just how, even though people, you know, you know, love to talk about Daniel and Johnny, whatever, but like Ralph Macchio and William Zabka have been really good friends all these years. They've been really close, and if you, and if you ever listen to an interview with them off, you know, you know, like not, not per se Cobra Kai, but they are really, you know, like they're really tight, and it's like they are really. And they like you could tell they enjoy each other and their company and they get along really well and they are really good friends and 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 i think that goes back to you know to the environment that the director sets and you got to give credit to the director here for doing that and i think i think the cast did that but and, and you could tell that happened with karate kid even though that's a 
you know, you have bullies and you had, you know, rivals and all this kind of stuff, but it's like, but it, but the cast, I mean, you could tell these guys, like all the pictures that you see, all the, all the candid pictures off, off the thing you see, right. You, you know, like you remember seeing, um, you know, uh, you know, Pat Morita with all the Cobra Kai guys, yeah. all, you know, all, all, you know, all, you know, all together and whatever. It's like the respect that like Martin Cove has for Pat Morita is, is unparalleled. I mean, he talks like, you know, he treats him like a legend, which he is a legend, but he, he with such respect when Martin Cove talks about. And I think, I think we see that with, you know, with this cast, Mm-hmm. Just what you just just what you just got through saying. They really liked each other. You know, it's like there's a there's a there's a a camaraderie there. That's just that's that's a bond that's you can tell it's pretty strong even well, to this day. The 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 technique of the, what these directors did in doing the rehearsals before actual filming. I know back in the day, a lot of it was because the film directors had started work in on the stage. They they had directed plays or musicals, which obviously goes through a lot of rehearsals. And some of these directors, um, it's interesting because sometimes you'll, you'll, I come across interviews or I'll hear where actors either complain or they want rehearsal. It's always like a either or, like some actors don't want rehearsal. They want the spontaneity of getting in front of the camera and seeing what happens. But then there are some actors who really like the rehearsal process. They like, and some of those folks come from a stage background. And I think, you know, we talked about John Avelson and, and what he did in the rehearsing of Karate Kid and filming it on video. I, I've always, and maybe it's because I, I did a little bit of work in theater. I, I see the value of rehearsals uh, because it, for all the talk that actors say, but I don't want to do rehearsals. I want the spontaneity of getting in front of the camera for the first time. And, you know, well, my counter argument to that is you can do that as well. It doesn't matter, you know, doing the rehearsal, like really getting a sense of what it's not like it's going to become rote or stilted. It's like the more you rehearse something, the more you do discover those kind of spontaneous, spontaneous, excuse me, spontaneous things that when you're filming, you may have been doing it one way during the rehearsals, but something happens and you're like, you know, it changes. Yep. And the directors usually anticipate that. You know, they understand, I think, even better than the actors sometimes that rehearsal is a great way to mine those things that you wouldn't normally get if you didn't rehearse. So, um, but to, to, your, to what we've been talking about, I think rehearsal also builds a much closer knit cast. And so when I think about these movies that had rehearsals, Karate Kid, just one of the guys, and there's, there's countless others, maybe not all the time, but usually I think you wind up with a cast that feels much more integrated. So certainly on Karate Kid, like everyone in that movie, even the smallest roles felt connected to the bigger story. And that's why I think when we, we talk about these movies, just one of the guys is another example. There's a lot of small roles in the movie, but they all feel part of a larger picture. Whereas some movies, when you don't have that, things can feel disjointed. It feels like these characters don't fit in this movie or these scenes don't really seem to fit with the rest of the movie or you know things like that. And so I think there's definitely value in, in these approaches. And I think... It also increase, it speaks to the longevity. When something has been 
rehearsed and practiced and you know you figure out what's working and what isn't and then you shoot what's working you wind up with a movie that's going to last a lot longer than some of these other films that don't do that approach so um so yeah i uh i have to say you know we've watched a couple of movies so far in our series where I hadn't seen them in a long while, but I had these like memories, like these positive memories. And then we watch them and it's like, these don't really hold up as well. But I have to say, having watched this one recently, I'm actually looking forward to watching it again tonight. One, because you and I get to watch it together and we get to talk about it, but also because it's, it's a fun movie. It's, it's got some really funny moments in it. And as many times as I've seen it, and I know you've seen it probably just as many times, I think I told you this earlier today, there's a part of the movie that actually made me laugh out loud. Now, I I will laugh at comedies, but if it's something I've seen a lot, I don't usually yeah. laugh out loud. But this People one chuckle, maybe. Yeah, this one caught me by surprise, and uh, you know. But I think there's some really funny lines in this movie, and I think the cast does a good job in delivering them. And I'm just going to go ahead and st- state this, say this right off the bat, because I know I'm probably going to say it several times throughout the movie, but Joyce Heiser and Deborah Goodridge are so adorable in this movie. Uh, and then also the actress that plays um, Terry's best friend, Tony Hudson, Denise. She uh, was on TV shows as well. And she was on one of our favorite TV shows from the eighties, greatest American hero. She had a guest appearance on that show as well as Knight Rider in the A-Team. So she was Jay Hooker. She was like eighteen, T.J. Hooker, Knight Rider, Greatest American Hero, and The Love Boat. So, oh, gotta love that. She's, she's rocking it. She's definitely rocking it. Um, so, those are these are like my those are my TV choices. All of those, I would have been like, yes, yes, yes. You know, and the other thing, I don't want to give too much away from the interview. I don't want to spoil it because it it is it certainly deserves to be listened to in its entirety because Deborah is just awesome as we've said several times already um but we talked about the costume design in the movie and and i didn't quite say this in in the interview so i'm going to say it here this movie to me nailed the look especially for the girls in terms of the fashion i I was going to say to deborah that i knew girls in high school who dressed just like deborah I knew girls that dressed just like Denise. Um, not so much, not so much with Terry, both the female Terry and the male Terry, but uh, the Elvis Costello, the Ralph Macchio look. No, yeah, no. there were not, there were a few guys at Northern who attempted that, but not as successfully, I would say. But Denise, her her like sweaters, and then um, Deborah and her like dresses, you know, her like skirts, yeah. those tube skirts or whatever they call them. Um, yeah, there were so many girls I went to high school with who wore that kind of stuff. And so it was like, man, they nailed it right there, you know. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, but anyway, I'm just and, 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 and I, I know I heard her talk about in one of the cast things that yeah. uh, I think it was at the 30th thing they did uh-huh. but she said she she goes she goes I don't know why they gave me curly hair but it's like that was right at the beginning of like there was a ton of girls who Ooh, got the, per, the perms were just like totally. hot stuff and um you know and, and she talked about how she's you know her hair is naturally straight but it's like right. but there was but 
that was like right at 85. And that yeah. probably from that point on, like they, like I said, they got that, they got that perfectly right at the right time. And that, and it, yeah. that photo, I think we talked about this earlier, uh, but that photo, the publicity photo of her and Billy Zabka, you know, kind of, there's just the two of them um, where he's kind of got his arms around her or whatever. Honest to goodness, like you could have taken her photo, taken her in that photo and put it in a Northern yearbook from 1985, 86, 87, 88. And it would have, you would have never known. You would have thought she was another student there. So um, yeah. So really, I, you know, I need to look up who did the costume design because they, they definitely, let me do it right now. Linda Matthews wardrobe yeah linda matthews so linda man she's got quite a career she the she did captain marvel um war games yeah she um blade runner and captain yeah and jurassic world and i mean so she's been around yeah doing from war games to all the in in blade runner all the way to captain marvel and jurassic world the accountant i mean with you know, that's with Ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah. The that's girl great. with the dragon tattoo, the dark knight. She's got a track record here. She doesn't need any recognition. I mean, her track record is recognition enough. I mean, these are some pretty impressive credits, but, um, I, you know, just, I think she really did a great job on, on this particular movie. Just one of the guys. So um, is there anything else we want to say about the movie before we jump in? No, I, I say let's get let's get this thing rolling. Let's go. I'm right. excited about I'm excited about watching it. Yeah. So let me pull up mine. The Columbia Pictures logo has faded to black. We haven't gotten to the movie yet, so we're somewhere in that that black area. Yeah. So yeah. I'll count us down. So I'll count us down. So grab mm-hmm. your copy of just one of the guys. Get it to this point so you can watch along with us. Counting down from three, two, one, play. And there's Joyce's legs. Columbia Pictures presents. Present. Okay, good. All right. And as I said earlier, um, Joyce Heiser is so beautiful in this movie. She's just a uh, and funny. I think I had an alarm clock like that. <laughs> Joyce Heiser. Good morning, world. But uh, no, that's not the lady we talked to. Billy Jane. Um, Billy Jacoby here. He changed yeah, his Yeah, but Billy Jane now. Yeah. yeah, Billy Jane now. Billy Zabka. William Zabka. Yay! Johnny. And this uh, this soundtrack was a. Uh, they had some fairly big names on the soundtrack. This is Midnight Star singing. Sherilyn Finn. Yeah, we good rich. That's just, there she is. Her name. Yeah. Kenneth Tiger is the actor who plays the journalism teacher. He's been in almost everything. Uh, really good actor. Sweet ride. That dude I recognize. He was in a lot of stuff. He was on Dallas, dude. Yes, Dallas. That's what it was. He was uh, what's your face's uh, the little girl, the little. I mean, oh, uh, uh, Lucy, Lucy's husband. Yeah, yep. That's who he was. Yep, that's right. 
he's into some to some wild stuff. He does a lot of like he's very cerebral and yeah, does a lot of uh, art stuff and has a lot of gatherings at his house. I've, I've looked at him a little bit. He's got a he's he's an interesting fella for sure. Does some art art artistic stuff. Yeah. So this school was a closed down school in uh, Arizona, and they. I heard the director talk about it. they took over the school and kind of like they had their offices. They did their production office was in there. There's a scene with the cave, and the cave was built with inside the school with kind oh, of like wow. almost like almost, almost like John Hughes did with the yeah. building the library set of, in the gym. That's Denise. This yeah. is the outfit I was talking about. I knew girls who dressed like this. The sweater with the color primary colors. I do wonder, I know they shot this in chronological order, apparently, but I do wonder if Joyce had already cut her hair in the wig. Right, yes, like there was, was there ever times where she had to go back and wear a wig, if, or did they, what was, yeah, because that almost looks like a... It's like it could be a wig, or it could just be that yeah. your hair is, you know, 80s perm. Teased, yep. Yeah, teased out. It just looks a little bit, I don't know, my mind, I think of that did. Okay, my snack tonight is Junior Mints, by the way. Uh, my snack tonight is just Dr. Pepper Zero. I did not get my mess together and go get snacks. Well, after last time you had, you brought about four snacks. Yeah, I need to take it easy this time, I think. <laughs> There's Ken Tiger. Yeah, great actor. These extras must be high school students. They all look like high school students from the 80s. You may remember him most recently. He was the old gentleman who stood up to Loki in the first Avengers when he was making everybody bow. Oh, yeah. That is, I do remember that. Yeah, that's Ken Tiger. I see that. I see the face. I recognize him. Yes. You're my density. losers this was some popular uh ice cream place that they it was came from california and but it didn't it didn't do well in arizona i think it, i think it closed down after too long after this i just looked up some of the locations yeah of course they are that's <laughs> it's like the teen fantasy the parents are gone for two weeks two weeks I do think that having parents around would have been a fun complication. Today.
he's such a horn dog. This kid, he's like, he's oversexed. But think about like <laughs> zaps and mischief yeah. and yeah. porkies. I mean, that was just like this was kind of yeah. like a yeah horn dog cinema. Right. It was just kind of like it was my tutor. I mean, there's a ton of them. And I, I think he really was 15 when this movie was filmed. So he was like the youngest cast member. Yeah. <laughs> Guess jeans. So I read this. I have not freeze framed the the photo or the the shot of the the papers that were there in the trophy case. But apparently, there's a typo in the one on the left. <laughs> they uh, put the word "therefore" without an H, so it said "tear for." That's. That's not too creepy. <laughs> uh, oh, oh. Yeah, Mr. Raymaker, you perv. So one of the writers on this movie um, is uh, Jeff Franklin, which I don't know if you look this up, but he was the creator of Full House. And one of the other writers, Dennis Feldman, or maybe it was, he was one of the writers, I think, at least he's credited as one of the writers. Uh, he was involved in the Species uh, movies with Natasha Henstridge. Like drama, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, how many? 
I didn't catch which comic book that was. Did you? I could tell. I looked for a second like a Spider-Man. But I couldn't. I was... Oh, he's he would be a great like Blaine, uh, not Blaine, but what was what was uh what was Blaine's friend's name in oh, Pretty and Pink? James Spader's character. Yep. Yep. Uh, I can't. He would be great. I mean. Steph, and he is yes. such a Steph character. Yes, totally. Or a Biff, you know, or a you know, Buffy and Biff, you know, that kind of. soundtrack that is a very 80s look that she's wearing as well yep Carlton is lowest. Yeah. Look at the lowest tar, man. Yep.
the eye roll. Yep. Waka waka waka. <laughs> That hat. I know. That is a that's another 80s. I think I had a hat like that. It didn't have the stuff in the back. But yeah, there's a lot of paint, those painter caps painter that were popular. Cap, that's what they were. Yep. Yeah. I had one of those. Like the Burt Surfshop was huge for Mine a while. Panama Jack, I think. And of course that was huge. Yeah. Yep. This is one of my favorite scenes in this movie, the two of them doing this whole I may have missed it but apparently there's a Bruce Springsteen poster in Terry's room Joyce, I think there's multiple I think there's multiple spring Bruce Springsteen Joyce, Joyce Bruce. I heard that yes yeah. several years yeah Yeah, what uh, how Buddy's dressed is kind of a '80s Bruce Springsteen style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Words to live by. Dig all balls itch. It's a fact. That's right. They got him to say that at the 30th anniversary. Showing the thing, he said, All balls itch. It's a fact, it's the truth, man. Universal truth. But she worked with an actor for like a, like a male actor for like a week just on like how to how to carry herself, like, I mean, like the stuff they're going over here, but. She actually worked. She actually worked on on her guy Terry look and the way she held herself. And she did have a body cast on her when she was doing her guy scenes. Yeah. You know, she does, it, again, it's like, she does a good job. I mean, she really. Here's Ralph Macchio. I mean. She pulls it Terry. off. She totally does. She so, pulls yeah, it's like, on that tri- trivia thing, it's like, that's what they were, they were going for the look of, that she kind of looked like Ralph Macchio. It's a very hipster look now. Well, I said something, so what, there's a line that she says, like, Elvis Costello or something and yeah she almost looks like the dude from um who's the who's the weasel guy in uh Fast Times at Richmond High oh uh, Brad Brad no not Brad the the, oh. the guy who was like uh 
Ramon? Ramon, is that it? I think, uh, I don't. Yeah, I, I think it. Kinda, I the guy stole the tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has that kind of look. And there he is. Yeah, Billy. Cobra Kai. I mean, yeah, I mean. Cobra Kai in Arizona. It was Mike Damone. Damone, Damone, that's it. Look here, LaRusso. And his gloves. Good. Putting an arm around his waist, like walking off arm in arm with these clowns. There's Clayton. You know, his his clothes, I, I mean, I know they kind of portray him as like a fashionless kind of dude, but uh his shirts and everything are. Well, he said that he brought some of his clothes for the thing. And they said, yeah, oh, this would be great for the before, for the before thing. He was like, he was like, really? <laughs> he thought his stuff was, I mean, we, we, you know, what you just got through saying, he thought, you know, he, yeah, he thought they were cool too. And they, the clothes he brought for the, or he thought for the role was going to be for his transformation was what they used for the pre-transfer. It's too funny. So these two guys were supposed to do like a Star Trek kind of geek thing, and they they were told they couldn't because Columbia didn't didn't do Star Trek. Yeah. Um, so they had to kind of change up change up a little bit their their take on <laughs> up a lower suit. And there's Coke behind you. Coke bought Columbia, by the way. That's right. During this process of the movie being made. Yep. So we shall see some Coke products, I'm sure. Coke machines are in the background. So apparently there is some in-jokes and some of the graffiti on the walls. Um, some jokes about Lisa Gottlieb, the director, and Joyce. Um, Yeah, I mean, there, there are some moments where it's like she totally looks like a guy. <laughs> Put 
Who says she's the Pons? Says Lisa and Joyce are sluts. <laughs> said on the on the stall wall, it said Lisa and Joyce are sluts. <laughs> Yep, seniors 85. Yep. This poor guy. <laughs> Shazbot. Ralph Macho and having this mess. They kind of gloss over the fact that he just manages to insinuate himself into the school. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, at least at least with uh, when when John Cryer does it, you know, he has at least comes up with uh, Max Hauser, Maxwell Hauser. Fast lanes at Ridgemont High. <laughs> Ugh. Well, these teachers are just outright creepy. Yeah, I'm like three. I'm having surprise jock inspections. Like, really? Of course, they're of course they're mascots. Go Beavers. <laughs> I just remember when I had gym class, like I don't recall ever having to wear wear jock straps. It was a kind of a big, big deal early. And then it was kind of like by the time I was in high school, it was like it was not a I mean, I remember wearing it some and wearing basketball playing basketball. But like, you know, you would think that's something that from this you think it was a I mean, like, no one wears a jock strap anymore. I mean, maybe some football players do for cup or something, but yeah, that's what I thought. But I got to give her credit. This is pretty ingenious what she comes up with.
I'm almost like, why didn't I think of that? Only problem is I didn't I didn't have a lighter, so. No, that's the one class I wanted to do is is Zoom class. <laughs> I like. You know, once I got to high school, because I was in marching band, I didn't have to take PE because we, I mean, March. we, we marched. I mean, it was pretty, it could be physically grueling. Um, oh yeah. You can't run that equipment and stuff and doing, yeah. And the uniforms wow. you had to wear, those things were hot. And I don't mean like, like sexy hot. I mean like poly yeah, wool. Wool, yeah. uncomfortable. I think I lost like, in the fall, I think I lost like 20 pounds just wearing that thing. Somebody's got umbrellas, guys. He's carrying out his trophy. I had a shirt like that when I was in high school. Well, junior high, but yeah, I had a shirt like that. <laughs> Stuart Charno. He he did a he was in a film with uh, Clayton Rohner, uh, 1986, called Modern Girls. Wah, 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 wah. Mm -hmm. 
is another thing that I thought about. So basically, she's skipping school to go to this school. And I guess it's, it is convenient that her parents are out of town for two weeks because I think the her school that she goes to would be like, you know, Terry hasn't been in class for the last two weeks. Yeah, there's the Springsteen poster right behind. Yep. Oh, it's huge. You know, another thing I always say about Joyce, like in these scenes where she's not Terry the boy, but she's kind of just hanging out, she pulls off the short hair look pretty well. Some girls can't pull it off, but she pulls off the short hair look really well. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of short hair, but I, I agree. She's not, she ain't, she's not. It's a very 80s style for women that kind of short teased hair like that. Yeah, Mr. Bruce. <laughs> Billy Odd over there. Who's Woodward? Who's Bernstein? Yeah, he don't like him either. <laughs> well, there she is. I hear her. Yep. There's the lady. Coke again on the on the tray. I had a shirt and a tie like that in high school. Not the vest though, but I did have a tie so, like that. So were so were you, so were you originally Christine and now you're Chris? What's the deal? It was, it was Chris one of the, K R I S, and then just one of the guys. Just one of the gals. <laughs> There's your sequel. Just one of the gals. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Yeah, I'd be like, I'm out. Peace out. Very nice meeting you. It's very nice. Yeah. So, tell me if you you see this as well. I pick up a very strong John Ritter vibe with Clayton in this movie. John who? John Ritter. Oh. Kind of.
not necessarily in this scene, but a little later. There she is. He's a little too. We know Deborah's. <laughs> you know Deborah. Perfection. That's right. There's Sherilyn. There it is. Uh-huh. I'm going to get him. Looks like just like Elvis, Elvis, Elvis Costello. Looks like Karate Kid. <laughs> they throw pussy around like it's like Nice mustache, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. You heard of flip-flops? Walking around barefoot in a gym. <laughs> hey. Tries to walk like like John Travolta or something. Yeah. Ronnie Spector on the radio. Who's playing? Ronnie Spector. She's singing tonight. Is that a is that a Mustang or is that a Capri? Yeah, I think so. 
So like Mercury Capris were the version, the same, same everything as the Mustang. This is what I'm talking about, John Ritter. Like he just kind of has a. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing it. I see what you're. It may just be the hair and the. Yeah, I mean, definitely the physical yeah. similarities there. So the place they have the prom is like like the first wave pool in America, I think. Oh, really? Yes. So it wasn't on the beach. No, it's like a it's like a water park thing place in Arizona, and it's like their first. It's like yeah, it's like the first one they like first wave pool I think in I think in the, in the United States. I love that beer. Just what, what do you got there? Beer. It's just beer. Yeah, beer. So, was all of this movie shot in Arizona? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think the whole thing. There's James Brown. Speaking of James Brown, that's a nice little touch there. You want to give the you want to give the background story on that? So apparently, and I, I wasn't able to ask Deborah to confirm this, um, James Brown apparently, according to some of the trivia I found out about this movie, he came to the set and kind of gave Clayton Roner some dance tips so that he could kind of... She's got milk and pizza, which I like, but he's got Coke. Milk and pizza? <laughs> but face yeah i could see you calling cc and doing that that would that would go oh. you you if i did that today you, you still wouldn't see me for exactly. several months you have to go in hiding
I feel like she should be like on Welcome Welcome Back Carter or something. <laughs> Mr. Carter. Yeah. There she is. Yep. Rocking the 80s look. Rocky Four hadn't come out yet, people, so let's remember that. <laughs> Jeez. There's Deborah painting her nails. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. So the very next year, she films, she's in the Wraith, and this and it was filmed in Arizona as well. I'm talking about Cheryl Lynn Finn, by the way, not.
Yeah, you can't call me. You don't have we don't have cell phones. So this interior you said was in the school. That's yeah, they built this inside the school is what well, I heard the director yeah. say. When you wanna when you wanna cheat buzz, drink beer. And a coke. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I think, I'm trying to remember which song this is. I think this is uh, Lindsey Buckingham. Trouble? Yes. I, I, now, I do know he's in this. He's got a song in this film. Yes, that's so. it. Yeah, it's Lindsey Buckingham.
I got my purple pants. I gotta go. I vacuumed. <laughs> Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. <laughs> Billy, don't look up Joyce's skirt. Yeah. Good night, buddy. <laughs> Good night, buddy. <laughs> Why have we got more coke there? The one who dresses like Elvis Costello and looks like Ralph Macchio. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> 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 
Was that some of his actual clothes that he brought? Yeah, I think it's his actual clothes. <laughs> Poor fellow. There she is. Chump stains. You tell him, honey. Let me get you, LaRusso. Protractors on their sh shirts. Okay, I know. I know. In our lunch room, we didn't have all those coat. <laughs> we didn't have coat to drink it, and definitely not. Such a Johnny move. Allie, come back. I mean, Deborah. Dude, this happened to me one time. I was wearing white and it got all over me. That's why I don't wear white. Right. Uh oh. My uh, Ruby froze. Broads. Uh, it froze. Yeah, it froze up on me.
So I don't know where I'm at in relation to yours because mine froze up only twice. Somebody show me your hairy chest or show me your hairy chest. Yeah, I think I'm the message. My earbuds have stopped working. Having extreme technical difficulties tonight. But I'll try my alternative audio. Yeah, I've lost the audio on the movie. Like I do like how they change, try to change at least Billy Zapka's hair wasn't totally Johnny, the Johnny look, even though he's acting like a. Yeah. What are you going to do? Very 80s hairstyle. Oh, and there goes the food. Hmm. 
<laughs> He's like, oh. Then security shows up. She looks great in this movie. For somebody who had naturally straight hair, I mean, the perm definitely works for Deborah. There was a girl in my class who dressed a lot like her, and I remember she wore something similar to what. Deborah wears in this scene. And she was like, she was like really tan. Like in this movie. Kristen, what's her name? Um, she's an actress. Dang it, what's her name? Kristen Bell. Yeah, 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 yeah. She looks like, like here, I, I it's like it would be like if Kristen Bell was in 1985, this is what I think she would. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, really, I think if Crystal Bill had a, a perm in 1985, this would be what she would. Yeah. Great Just out of curiosity, what's uh, what's your counter at? One oh eight ten. Oh, it's by the way, it's okay. I try to get it at midnight, but twelve oh eight. So it's midnight midnight movie snack podcast time. So so what's on the screen right now? What are you seeing? Her and her, her and her best friend are. She's put on lipstick. Oh, love boat. Yeah, they're playing that same Ronnie Spector song.
Yeah, so she had just broke up with Bruce Springsteen. They dated from, and this Rod Stewart poster, but they dated from 79 to 84. And this had to be filmed in 84. Uh, Ernest Hemingway poster on her wall there. I followed you. That's not creepy, is it? Yeah, I have no idea where I am in relation to where you are. Um, hey, she's she's in. Um, they're in uh, the little brother's room. Right. I think I'm close, but I don't know how far off I am. Is she put the fish on the counter yet? think so is buddy yeah she has okay i'll pause for a second well i think you're ahead of me that's what i'm saying if i pause and i you can catch uh, up terry's talking about the, the 
Okay, she just shut the door. Oh. <laughs> my pizza seven thirty I'm right on time. The Buddy and Terry have such a good chemistry together. They're really, they're really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Hobby. <laughs> like an important hobby. Thank <laughs> you. 
Come on, buddy. So was this a wave park? Was this it? You said this was in, in Arizona? Yep. It's called Big Surf. It's in Tempe. Tempe. Tempe, 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 big, yeah, it's called Big Surf. And suppose, and the, the band is, uh, oh no, the ice cream shop was called Leather Bees. They're famous in Sacramento and, but they didn't do well in Arizona. And they, uh, the thing I read here on Fast Rewind, it says that, um, only the prettiest girls were invited to be extras and the rest of us were told not to show up. That's what somebody wrote in. What? <laughs> There's Deborah, prom dress. Now, who's that band? I don't know. That I don't know. <laughs> he's not playing the drums he's attacking them what's this dude over there So basically they're a band playing at a high school prom. Like and she's making eyes with the guy, like he's going to take her places. But it's like, these are grown men playing in a band for a high school. Right. Prom. Well, judging from your outfit, Planet of Madonna. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he was the, her boyfriend. The her other boyfriend was the he was in Hamburger, the motion picture. That's 
That's another one in the eighties that I remember. And Burger the motion picture. Hey, you like my mullet? Oh, and so this high school was, I don't know which, if it's the, the high school, their, the rival high school with the high school she started out with, but yeah. it's the same high school used in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Ah. It's like the lead singer of Mr. Mister <laughs> in that outfit. <laughs> Take these broken wings. It's me. I want to recount. No, I'm kidding. No recount needed. I love you, Greg. <laughs> Rejection. The new freak. Congratulations, Greg. <laughs> what? Passion in Paradise. Woo! 85. I'm going to put on my gloves and show my them gloves. what they would do in this situation. And she goes on to star with him again in April Fool's Day, correct? That's right. Yeah. So um, one of the extras, one of the girlfriends of... Uh, one of Greg's friends is uh, was a Playboy playmate. Or a Playboy model. Always picking on LaRusso, man.
That's it. She was a playmate. Nineteen. Oh, there we go. Some karate kid. Go at him. Yep. Cobra Kai never dies. Okay, so all you unattractive girls, please leave. <laughs> <laughs> Only the pretty girls. Come on, Rick, do the crane kick. Show him how James Brown would fight. Right, the left, and there's the right. There we go. And ooh. You should have swept the leg. Um Oof. Sensei would be ashamed of him right now. He would be ashamed. He would be kicked out of Cobra Kai. Oh, yeah. I see the wave machine, the back of it. Yeah. It's, never noticed that before. He's just a friend. Like, Oof. Hey, it's 1985. I don't want to get involved in this. <laughs> and here's up, coming up. They get better. Gave this its PG-13 rating. No. Cindy Lauper. Yeah, they 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 got on to him about saying her name. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? 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 Did Shakespeare write that line or was that added? Yeah, I think that was in the first draft of what Shakespeare. <laughs> he was funny. He says that first, that scene was over his head. He goes, he goes, yeah, we did that one again and again and again and again. Where dost thou get off having memory glands? <laughs> That's my transsexual friend. 
He just have memory glands, forsooth. He's like looking. <laughs> Did you see? <laughs> Reptile was like looking, like see if he could get a peek. And I'm also a man. Somebody across the street playing a saxophone or something. Yeah, I know. Hey, you mind knocking it off? Is that a is that an early Kenny G? Let's see back. Oh. <laughs> the fish girl. So she's carrying a shoulder holster. She's packing heat. Royal typewriter. Oh my! That was a long time. His mullet rocks. <laughs> I was thinking about dressing up as a woman. What do you think? What happened to that locker next to her? Um, Well, they said it was like these were some old schools that they were closed down already. So I said they didn't put a much. Lots of asbestos in the ceiling. They they held on to their uh, budget money. Yeah. 
and it came it came in under budget, so probably for not painting that locker. Yeah, probably. That was, saved, that was the key. Saved a few thousand dollars there. Yep. And when I see you in Avengers, I'm going to remember you. Don't ever bow to Loki. That's right. Ken Tiger is such a great actor. I, I wish he had had a bigger role in this movie. Like he's, you know, he has just a couple of scenes, but he's really good in it. I think uh, John C. Riley must have like based his character as uh, <laughs> of of never been kissed as uh, Drew, Barrymore, Drew Barrymore's boss. Yeah, I think she must have based it after this guy because it kind of looks like it. it kind of, yeah. A buck's worth back then was probably like half a tank. <laughs> I'm seriously, my gosh. It was... Sister of my loins. You would definitely get a full gallon. I mean, yeah. Hey, I'm wearing this shirt you helped me pick out. And the hair's all teased out. Yep. Was this also in Arizona, this scene? This looks like I, a back lot. It does look like a back lot. I'm with you. It does. <laughs> what in the world? I know, it just. <laughs> Buddy was never seen again. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Don't... And that was just one of the guys. Yeah, you're right. It uh, it went by yeah. really quick. Yes. Is, it, is, it, is that short of a movie, or is it just feel that way? I think it's a combination of the two. It's it's a little over ninety minutes, um, but it goes by quickly. Uh, it makes me wonder. And if I had really given it some thought, I might have asked Deborah this when we interviewed her. Um, if there was if there were scenes that were shot but cut 
from the movie? Oh, that was a good question. Was, that's, that's a great question. May have to, I may have to, may have to, may have to send her an email and ask, just ask a couple questions. Not like, I don't want to, I know she's busy with other stuff and she's promoting her book and um, I don't, well, she's maybe, already been gracious enough, but we do, uh, maybe we can ask her a, a couple questions. About. We can wait, wait on it until April Fool's Day and she's coming out with a new book. We can kind of knock it all out in one fell swoop like hey by the way when we interviewed you back during just one of the guys he said this movie came under budget um i think yeah. it's because they they didn't spend a whole lot on the credits <laughs> these are these that are either not, yeah <laughs> These are this and the title credits. If you remember the title credits, they're using some font that I was like, "Well, let's go back to okay." This is this is what I heard her say. So, like, when the movie was first, I guess, greenlighted, that Coke didn't Coke Coke had not bought Columbia yet, right? But then, but once production had started, maybe I maybe did rehearsal, whatever Coke had bought. And so bought them out. And then, the, so a bunch of people got fired and let go and all this kind of stuff happened. They were changing. And so like, there, I think there are people who were, yeah, trouble written by Lindsay Buckingham. There it is. Yeah. But she's talked about how they, they, they went up to one time to talk, they went to the offices on the, and there's no one there. I mean, they were just like, they were all gone. They were gone. It's like, I mean, like at the, at the, at Columbia. Right. And yeah. so it's kind of like, and so I think, and then the person who was kind of like got assigned to them for the movie could care. I mean, obviously didn't think what they were doing was like that great. And, uh, and then they were putting all their hopes in on um, yeah. all the money, all the, all the money went on, on, on the movie. Perfect. I've got a call out in the list there. said special thanks and then after a few things said uh james brown james brown yep so it's just like i said so supposedly they so they didn't put any money like columbia didn't didn't put any money at all on marketing or anything for them yeah. and you know which is a shame um so luckily you know by but one thing that um another cool trivia fact joyce heiser says she was like after this movie was over with she says so some years later she was at she was at a dinner party with the the president at the time of hbo and it was at his house in a dinner party and he told her he goes really love just one of the guys and let me tell you it's the most requested movie that we get at hbo uh-huh. And she could, I mean, and she says, she says that's when she knew. She goes, really? Just one. I mean, she goes, yes, just one of the guys that must request the movie that we have. And uh, I don't know what year that was. She didn't say, but it was like definitely after it had been out for a while. Uh, yeah. But he said that he, you know, that was, um, thought that was kind of neat. Yep. Yep. Well, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Back then, it's like 
that people would ask actually contact HBO to request movies. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, but I guess there's somehow or another, I guess that some people, I guess, really took it. You know, I'm, I, I never did, but doesn't mean that other people didn't take it. Didn't, I, I don't know how, I don't know how they would have done that back then, but I guess, but that's what he said. It's must request a movie they they would get. So I guess people would call, I don't know if they called in or what. I don't know how that, I don't know how that happened. Yeah. But that's what, that's what she said. And the, that was at the 30th anniversary screening of the movie yeah that's cool um and supposedly even though even though this only made like a said 11 million or something it did really well overseas and so it, and i did really well on 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 hbo and cable box offices only, yeah. so yeah yeah it's it's uh rental and cable you know presence yeah i think that's really what could put it over the top yeah i had a post and I, I couldn't find it on facebook but a guy said i'm I, when i one of the things that i was doing for the previews of this like when i put it out and he said that his one of his former bosses was in was in this movie and i was trying to remember trying to find the post where the guy wrote it i couldn't find it but um yeah this was good i mean this this was um this movie, we you know, we talk about some movies just don't how much I enjoyed Iron Eagle as a you know 14, 15 year old, you know, uh, I can say I enjoyed just one of the guys more. So it's it's definitely enjoyable, um, you know, on a lot of levels. Uh, it's funny, but it's also um, you get a lot of 80s fashion, which is cool. But yeah. uh, but like and I don't know I, I guess it's it's the it's the William Shakespeare you know the story you know she's one of the guys or just one of the guys or she's the man you know like you know they they're still doing the story I mean and they'll probably do this story again in some form or fashion. My memories of of it when it came out I mean I, I remembered it kind of I remember when it came out originally. And I didn't see it in the theaters uh, at the time. I don't remember why. I think part of it was, I guess, by the time I had a chance to go see it, it had already gone out of the theaters. But it did well. And then, of course, once it got to video rentals and cable, within a few years, it had made over $90 million worldwide. For something that was made for $5 million, roughly, it definitely was a hit. Um, Oh man, I heard the director talk about. She says it made money for them, and it stayed. It had. She said it had staying power. It stayed. She said it stayed in the theater for a long time. Like it was still playing in a lot of theaters. Like for I don't know. So it was in. What well, was released in April? Is that right? Yeah. I think, I think so. it was released in April, and she says it was still playing. She. I remember her saying. I think I'm correct on this. I think she said it was still playing in November. Huh. Uh, so it's like it was still in theaters so it's like it, it so it so it had some staying power um even though it you know like it may not have brought in you know 50 60 70 million dollars or anything it's just but it had a you know it must have had a little bit of a following of some kind there there was something i just came across here that i thought was interesting um that the final scene there was some criticism that the final scene with Rick 
and Terry just seemed a little off kilter in comparison to the rest of the film. And Joyce Heiser said that, yeah, they shot that ending months after they had filmed, finished filming the rest of the movie. Uh, so it was had, on a back lot. He had a different ending that they shot originally where um, Terry's uh, walking across the soccer field and Clayton like tackles her or something. I don't know, something like that. But Jeff Franklin, one of the writers, by that time, I think Full House was gearing up or, or anyway, he was doing something on television and had gotten his status had kind of gone up some since they filmed. And so Columbia listened to him and they were like, yeah, let's reshoot that ending. So um, he managed, apparently he talked them into reshooting it is from what I'm reading here. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I mean, like, I, I mean, it's fine. I just like the motorcycle thing. Don't make any. Don't doesn't make any. Yeah, that is a weird kind of. You know, it's like it's it's not like you need to prove anymore that he's, you know, that he's a you know that he's going to get lucky or he's a ladies' man or anything else. It it didn't add anything to the story by having the girl on the bike come get him. Yeah, I'm with you. And so yeah, that, that must have been. I mean, there you go. You're correct. It. It did have a it did have a studio backlot feel to it, and it, yeah, that probably was it. Probably exactly that was. It was probably in L.A. Um, yeah, I'm sure it was a I'm sure it was at the studios. So which I've done the which I've done the backlots. I've done the, the studio tour of Columbia, so I've probably seen it. I just don't remember seeing it. It's possible. So I'm seeing a couple of little tidbits here. I, I didn't see when I did my first round of research. So. Um, Sherilyn Fenn was quoted as saying that she thought she really thought that Joyce made a cute boy and she's like he's she's actually cute as a boy like you know she totally she said instead of, she said it was sweet instead of making Friday the 13th part eight or whatever I was making the girl meets boy girl meets girl dressed as boy movie <laughs> <laughs> oh another thing you may have come across this too is that Jennifer Jason Lee was, was up for the lead was yeah. up for the lead role yeah it's kind of cool i like cool. i like jennifer jason lee i think she's a terrific actor uh but i have a hard time picturing her i mean i'm sure she could have done a great job she would have done a great job but i i have a hard time picturing her having that kind of energy as a guy you know but i mean she's i agree yeah i mean yeah sometimes you just there's you know, there's a reason, and I, I read somewhere that that um, you know, Joy says she was a little worried when she saw that Jennifer Jason Lee was up for it, but because she had lost a, a lost a role to her, and I've kind of wondered what that role was, but um, she, I don't think she said, but it just yeah, but no, I think you know, sometimes you're the it's the right, yeah. Well, I know you know you mentioned the sequel. Uh, a little while ago and and i know that joyce has gone into more writing and producing kind of work you know aside from the the work that she does with her the camp that she and her husband run um but apparently you know lisa said that the idea joyce had for the sequel was really really good one so who knows i mean uh it's uh maybe it'll come back around in some way
And that was just one of the guys. Thanks for watching with us. Join us next week when we go from the high school senior prom to the blue skies in the Tom Cruise 80s classic, Top Gun. For more about 80s movies and music, check out Garrett's channel on YouTube, All Things 80s with Garrett, and follow him on Instagram at All Things 80s with Garrett. The Midnight Movie Snack Podcast also posts its episodes on YouTube, and we're also on Instagram at The Midnight Movie Snack Podcast. Follow us for updates, trivia, and more. Support for the Midnight Movie Snack Podcast comes from monthly donations made by listeners like you. Your small donations add up to help us continue to make fun episodes about the movies we all love. To learn more about how you can support the podcast, check out the support link in the show notes. Until next time, thanks for hanging out with us, watching the movie, and listening to our commentary. Adios. Adios.